Welcome back, Xers, to another episode of It Only Hurts When I Talk, the podcast for Gen X aging disgracefully. Does everything suck? Do you find yourself tending towards the dark side? This week, the boys dissect an interesting article that looks at our human tendencies of negativity leaning towards the dark side and why we do it. But enough of this chit-chat. Get over it! Go, go, go. Say, say all the things. Say, say all the things. Mm-hmm. We already, we've, been, we've been talking for an hour already. We've said all the things. Oh, that was just your therapy. Oh, you guys missed so much. Such a deep dive. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Why is so Greg such a hot mess? Much. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize it that way. Oh, no, it was why is everybody else a hot mess, but Greg is just fine. Well, that, well that's, that's called <laughs> life. Ah, yeah. That, uh, I have a variation on that for every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Friday variation is, thank God it's Friday so everyone else can stop dealing with the hot mess that is Greg. Ah, yeah, that's true. Monday that's is true. usually, oh, wait till they get a load of me this week. Mm-hmm. You save it all up for Saturdays and then just unload it on me. I then, do, I do. Yeah. That's why my wife prefers we record on Saturdays, because if we wait till Sundays, she has to hear it on Saturdays while, the, ah. while my cup runneth over. That makes and sense. Said, when are you talking to James? <laughs> uh, she's welcome. Yeah, get, get all that out of the way with James so I can send you on errands. Mm. Yeah, we're out of bananas. <laughs> nice. And the, and the sink is full of recycling. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. So I had a fun, a fun thing happen this morning. Yeah. I get a text about 7.30 this morning. And it's a friend of mine, and and she and her husband are, are good friends, and they listen to the podcast. So she texts me and says, I'm catching up on the podcast. And, okay, the fact that you're behind on the podcast, I have an issue with that. We'll talk about that next time we're together. But I'm catching up on the podcast and getting ready for the day, and my husband sleepily rolls over and says, there's never enough Greg Baymel, and then promptly starts snoring again. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's if that is is sarcasm or if if that was a legit fever dream he was having or, or, yeah. or what was going on. Or if he found that waking up to my soothing voice was the the right way to wake up on a Saturday, but I my response to her was I just don't even know how to respond to that. Um Yeah. What do you what do you yeah, say? Yeah, I don't I don't know. But uh, but thank you for making my Saturday morning. That was uh, that was <laughs> very amusing. I either I either need to celebrate that or I need to go into witness protection. I can't decide which. Well, I just assume that's what everybody thinks about me when they wake up in the morning. What, that there's never enough of you. Yeah, mm. there's never enough of James Altwise, and then but why say that? Because I already know it. I mean, I'm not that egotistical. <laughs> I think the the. Yeah. The phrase, I'm not that egotistical, is up there with things like all the other great oxymorons of life, like military intelligence and, and whatnot, and, and mm. jumbo shrimp. Uh, I'm not that Good. egotistical. Right. So anyway, I had, a, I had a nice start to my day. And then I'm still getting used to my new coffee pot, and I made too large a cup of coffee for the mug it was going into, so there was some cleanup involved. 
Because me- measurement of ounces apparently is too much for me to handle on a Saturday uh, morning. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. let's see. The K-Cup had that all figured out for you. It did. It did. It was, you know, a, a coffee machine with three buttons and an open and close on it is, that's what most of society needs. But now I'm dealing with, <laughs> with big scoops and small scoops and, and mild and, and rich flavors. And over. God forbid I try the over, the over ice setting. That just sounds like a, a place that no human should be allowed to go so much. So we're going to, oh, we haven't done this since the last podcast. We're going to pull a, we'll read it so you don't have to. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So we found an article that was really interesting and thought we would dissect it a little bit. Yeah, it, it just occurs to me. This is the first time we've really done that here. Great. This is an article from the recent issue of The Atlantic that I ran across, and I sent it to James, and he went, ooh, it made me tingle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there, yeah. There's some stuff in here. The I don't like the title of the article. It's called Chicken Littles Are Ruining America. And I, I don't think... I, don't, I think the title is meant to just grab you and not really be reflective of the article, quite frankly. It's by a guy named David Brooks, again, for The Atlantic. You mean it's clickbait? Um, yeah, I think the title is a bit of clickbait. Yeah, it's clickbait. The, we'll get into the, the details here. The high-level concept is that we're a lot more pessimistic than we used to be as a society, and that, that is our bonding mechanism. I'm going to read a paragraph here from it. Pessimism is our bonding it. mechanism. Yeah, pessimism is our bonding mechanism. That's yeah. that's how we that's nice. how we how how we, it's, it's how we decide to be partners with each other. It's a shared hatred of something as opposed to a shared love of something. Uh, so he, so ah. so here's the thesis statement as I read it from this article. So give me. Uh, I'm just going to walk through this a bit. You identify who you are by who you stand against and what you perceive to be the dominant structure of society. And politics is the most fundamental example of this, where um, you have an experience of collective oppression. Uh, Today's communal culture is based on the shared belief that society is broken, systems are rotten, and the game is rigged. There's a right-wing version of that, the whole, you know, we're going to come, you know, we're going to come get you and we're going to fix you and we're, I'm your retribution is the phrase attributed to uh, to the Trump side of things. And the left-wing mm-hmm. version is the community of oppressed groups, the um, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, all, all mm-hmm. that, where, where it's never, um, you know, we need to stand together because everyone hates us, even though everyone doesn't hate you. Um, mm-hmm. And it becomes an us-versus-them society. And that culture war, as, as Mr. Brooks puts it, gives life shape and meaning. I find that fascinating, absolutely fascinating. That again, boiling it down to we are not, we don't find our community with a shared love of something. We find our community with a shared hatred or indignance or in defense of something. And the, the phrase that's been used to describe this is vindictive protectiveness. Nice. Yeah. I like vindictive protectiveness mm-hmm. because it goes so well with righteous indignation. It does. Mm hmm. It does. You have have any any overarching thoughts on this before we dive deep? Uh, people are awful. <laughs> um, 
I, I think it's so much e- the whole the one thing that strikes me about this article is that it's so for it's so much easier for most people to identify the things that like they quote hate mm-hmm. right the the negative things in their life and align their energy with that than it is for them to do that with a positive things and so I think that just that part of human nature makes it so much more likely that this concept of every being in everything sucks mode is so takes so much less quote energy and often offers people an easy way out instead of actually contemplating you know what it is that they need for themselves and what they what it is about these certain triggers in society that drive them in that direction it takes way too much introspective effort to do that therefore they're just going to hate on somebody because it's easy and those people end up finding a tribe they do they do and there's safety in those numbers mm-hmm. uh, a, a couple of the things the article talks about is the fact that um the way they put it was intellectually insecure people tend to be negative because they think it makes them appear smarter if you if you say everything's fine, it means you're naive and you aren't looking deeply enough. Mm-hmm. And conspiracy theories kind of put you in that you know you're the hero with the truth that's trying to save the kingdom. And it's a I think it's a I like the intellectual part because I'm a big believer that that is true, and because I go back to the introspective part and the critical thinking part that takes a lot of effort and takes training and takes, frankly more than just a couple of brain cells to put together. And for people who either lack that ability or don't want to engage or spend the energy to do that, will default to these oversimplified uh, ends of the spectrum. And I think because of human nature, it's so much easier to focus on the bad than the good. They go to the negative, where yes. they go to the doom scrolling and the, the, the sky is falling and they end up building tropes around that that feed that identity. But yet, that's why you can't engage with people on either side of, you know, a spectrum at the, at the ends on why they're there, right? They, there's no way to engage in them in discourse over the content because that's, it's like they're not there for that actual content. They're there to be righteously indignant Mm -hmm. they're there to rage and not actually address the issue of any substance and 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 they're only there there for all that to belong it's about belonging Mm -hmm. exactly now you don't feel left out yep right so if you if you belong to a group that proposes to be smarter than everybody else and you are insecure about the fact that maybe you're not all that bright. Uh, you're going to join that group, and you're going to you're going to glob onto that theology. Suddenly, you're espousing all of the what do you want to call it the the tenets of what that group is talking about, right? That's political, that's religious, that's whatever it happens to be. If you actually spent the effort to dissect the why, do the five whys practice some lean six sigma here and do some root cause analysis you come to the understanding that wow okay that's really what's going on here mm-hmm. but 
that's a that's too far for people. There's too much men, too much effort for people to spend. Uh, the the effort I think is the key because it's so much easier to be negative about everything and not mm -hmm. have to try than to have a positive take of hey you know he let's do this and this let's do something as opposed to just complain about something and, and that's the really the the whole point around this article is that that's where that is now how people are identifying themselves is is at the negative whereas there was um let me find it there was a survey done back in the early 1970s and basically that around then people had a a very self kind of personal mindset before that you had a communal mindset i am part of the farming community i'm a housewife in a community of other housewives um and then it turned into a a personal mindset of this is the kind of lifestyle i want to enjoy or this is you know this is how much money i make it became an i thing instead of a we thing sometime in the 70s mm -hmm. and now it's become a they thing it's us against them whoever they are. Yeah, it makes it so much easier. And if it's black and white, then you don't have to think hard about it. Right, right. You can you can just have something you're against and you can all high five about it and not do anything, mm -hmm. just bitch. Yeah. Uh, the negativity of all of it, I mean, we, we talk about anxiety and depression and all of that. How could that not be the reason? <laughs> <laughs> for all the depression and anxiety out there. <laughs> with, with, when everything is so bad and there's nothing to look forward to and and everything's a dystopian hellscape, one of my favorite phrases of all time, <laughs> dystopian hellscape. I use it I use it all the time in, in the house, you know, to describe very mundane things. Like, how was it at the supermarket today? Oh God, it was a dystopian hellscape. <laughs> It's my it's my favorite genre of of, of, fa of fiction. Yes, yes, I figured it would be because it makes you look back on your own life and go, "Wow, I have electricity and a working toilet. This is I, I have it better than yeah, they do." Exactly. <laughs> but the and pretty much the only people that write dystopian hellscape fiction are prep people that are into prepper porn, as I call it. Oh God, <laughs> lovely. Preppers, preppers, preppers are another subsect of that whole. Everything sucks and it's going to go to hell, and I'm smarter than everybody else because I. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Because I've got, I've got all the canned beans, beans, beans I need. Buckets. Yeah, <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. and bullets. Oh boy, That's, yeah. of course bullets. Because someone else is going to want my beans. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh. I, I, someone else is going to want my beans, and now, and now I've got the Into the Woods soundtrack in my head. Okay, for the right, exactly. <laughs> lovely. Um, but but that uh -huh. I, I truly believe that attitude contributes to the the mental health you know crisis for lack of a better term that we are seeing here. Uh, an interesting point he makes in this article: there are more than fifty five hundred podcasts with the word trauma in the title. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that's a lot of trauma. You, but but what he, what he does is, but I did a little of my research on my own, and of that fifty five hundred, forty five hundred of them are all from the same guy. So it's <laughs> you know. <laughs> We've got one really disturbed person out there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> the t the name of this episode is trauma. Yeah, trauma. Because I want to be part of that fifty five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> we should starting starting next nice. week. You'll have to update your subscriptions, uh, both of you, because we will now be called the trauma of it only hurting when I talk. That'll be the new name for the podcast. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, but but you know yep. it's the the social side of it. There was a a, a study done. They interviewed a bunch of of moms of young kids 
And they found that, you know, it used to be that motherhood was looked at as a, as either like a responsibility, but a rewarding one, you know, a lot of work and, but worth it. And now there are all these podcasts and books about how, how hard motherhood is and how difficult it is and, and what a pain and there's no help. And they interviewed a bunch of young moms who said that publicly admitting that you actually do get value out of this is kind of seen as a betrayal to feminism in general. Like you have to stand up and go, why am I the one that has to do all this? Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the ones interviewed said, I love it. I love my life. I love doing this, but I have to come at it like, oh, he was up five times last night and I'm so tired and da, 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 mm-hmm. because that's the culture around it about, you know, you talk about how bad it is mm-hmm. and not the good things. Well, that's, I think, oh, because that's a way for people to, to, how do you want to say this? Um, they want to demonstrate that they're better than you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that they go through more than you. They can put up with more than you. That They're stronger. That, yeah. Exactly. And no, nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, but, but people, but we still do it, right? It's that, it's that I've known people, had people in my life where it was, if you had, if you had one thing, this person had two and it was better. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's this like competition thing about, if you have more, you're better. And that comes down to everything about, I have more, I have more trauma. Therefore I'm better. I have, my life sucks more than yours. Therefore I'm, you know, I win. Mm-hmm. I'm better than you are. I'm like, oh, wow. I ain't got time for that. Yeah. Why, why did that become the, the measuring stick? I, just, I don't know. Well, I think, well, I think cause it's easy. Mm-hmm. Right. I, if you're, yeah. You, I, and and humans, by very nature, are hierarchical, and our entire evolution is is based on that need to have a hierarchy and an order to things. And one of those things is who's better, who's at the top, who, you know, where where do I fit? Yeah, there's the there's the caveman instinct too of of wanting to to stand taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's that line about about the way to get a correct answer on Reddit is to post a question and then post a completely wrong answer so that people will respond and correct you. That that's mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. if you just post a question, no one's going to respond. So you need you need to sh- you need right. to do something wrong because people would rather correct you and show their superiority than bother to help somebody that's asking for help. Yep. I. This is going to sound really dumb, but no, <laughs> nobody should be surprised. That's one of the reasons I don't like to go to zoos. Oh, like, zoos, wow. What the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so, biologist, right? Mm-hmm. I know a lot about animals and plants and the ecosystem. And as you, none of you should be surprised, I read a lot. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff I really like. So as as a result, I've accumulated a wide variety of knowledge. But to go, for whatever reason, and it's, I, I'm going to say exclusively guys that do this, when they're at zoos or even like a museum or something like that, 
they have to be the one to explain to everyone around them what this thing is and why it's important. It, it happens mostly at zoos, and I'm just like, I just keep my mouth shut because it just drives me nuts because it's like you don't have a fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> or better yet, better yet, what they'll do is they will stand there and then like spout off to whoever they're with, clearly paraphrasing what they just read on the little sign that told them what they were looking at. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's that whole thing. It's like, I'm, I know me, me good. Uh, anyway, and that, here I thought it was going to be something as simple as you know a lot about what these animals need to th- survive and thrive, and being in a cage and being pointed at is not it. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I, I, it didn't I, go where I, I expected. <laughs> no, I, I, I know enough to, about their the size of their brains and the chemistry involved to know that many of them don't have that kind of self-awareness. So, <laughs> but in many cases they're better off in the zoo because otherwise they would have been hunted to extinction. Uh, because again, humans, pointy stick, something to kill. I'm better. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. I have more guns. I'm better. Look at me. I, it's, it falls into, it's all in that same soup of everything sucks and I'm part of this group where everything sucks and I'm going to be really, really loud about it because look at how much I have to put up with. I have to put up with so much more discomfort than everybody else. Uh, therefore, quote, I'm right. So there, there's, the, there's the, the tick in the box for the intellectual um, insecurity thing. And then B, I'm better than you because I have more. I have more hate. I have more discomfort. I have more outrage. I have more all of this kind of bullshit. And and, and I think, and I'm persevering through it. So, Are you? So there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the righteous indignation part, mm-hmm. right? Where now it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to show you that I'm taking the quote moral high ground, and that I'm better than you by ultimately, yeah, justifying my position of like, but we've got to just muster through it, sally forth and. You know, if you're going through hell, keep going, and all that kind of bullshit. No. You're you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you realize you've got this big like spray painted sign across your face that says "I'm stupid"? <laughs> no, I th- I thought it said I'm strong. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's see, that's the thing, I and mean, that's what our modern society has taught us and certainly in the political space that all you have to do is constantly refute what is real and the more you say it the more real it becomes in people's heads and they believe it because that's it's either easier to believe or they want to be seen as being in the quote smart group therefore they they just they just pile on instead of being able to independently think about it so I think ultimately this entire discussion comes down to human intellectual capability <laughs> and the source or lack of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I see it much more as a community thing and being, you know, at the at the end of the day, trying to find your. I hate to use this phrase, safe space, but you find that safe space in in kindred spirits, and there's less of that in a positive direction anymore than in a negative direction. I, I blame social media for a lot of it. 
I, the stuff that goes on on Facebook with people yelling at someone. I've started to see people posting questions and saying something to the effect of polite, you know, polite responses only. I'm just looking to gather some information. People are actually right. having to say in their question, you know, please don't be mean to me when I ask this question. Well, you see it on Instagram too. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, on YouTube and everything that has comment section because of A, when there's no confrontation to be concerned about, the ugly side of people come out. And, and B, they don't, they're not in a position on those forums to have to justify their, themselves. They can say whatever they want. And they can. And, and do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not saying we need to live in a kumbaya society where everyone's holding hands, because that's, you know, silly. And, uh, and I'd be the Gross. first one to make fun of people if they were doing that. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, this reading through this really made me think about just how, just the negativity. And I, I don't know if that's a, I'm old so I feel that way thing. I think it's the opposite some of the research studies they talked about in this article talk about the fact that young people are even more pessimistic than than older folks. Now, granted, if you think back to the 60s and demonstrations, it was always the young people saying, what the hell kind of world did you give us? <laughs> so that it's not terribly surprising that young folks would be more um, pessimistic about the future. But I'm an old person and I'm pessimistic about the future. So God, I, 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 I no, don't know. Hey, you're Gen X. You're pessimistic about everything. It has nothing to do with how old you are. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, so another great phrase here that is used in this article is apoplectic rigidity. Oh, yeah. Which is the inability to see the world as it is, but rather only those nightmarish elements that justify the hatred and rage that is the, and rage that is the source of your self-worth. Exactly. Apoplectic rigidity. Righteous indignation. Yes, I know. I know. That's you're, what it is. You're big on, on righteous indignation. I am. Yes. Um, it's exactly what it is. I'm, so I'm going to use apoplectic rigidity now, too. Apoplectic rigidity. What, what other cool catchphrases did I miss here? Oh, um, hostile solidarity. Ooh, nice. To describe the ways that retaliatory action binds people against their foes. The mo this mode of collectivism embeds us in communities, but they're not friendly communities, they're angry ones. Hostile solidarity. Mm -hmm. And of course, we talked about vindictive protectiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's... Um, and, and all through the article, he talks about the, fr the phrase he uses most often is collective negativity, just that we, we, we bond over our negativity. It just, it made me sad. It made me sad reading the article. It also allowed me kind of to step back from everything that's gone on, especially, I'm going to say, especially through and post-COVID with with lack of trust in each other and the assumption of, of selfishness um, in your neighbors that we're all out for ourselves. Uh, and it, it made me sad. It made me happy that someone had actually put words to it, especially words like, like apoplectic rigidity, because it's, they're so much fun to use, especially around people that don't understand them. Um, <laughs> But I, and that's why I sent you this article was that I read it and went, holy cow, are, are we really living in that society right now? Is it one person's view that happens to align with my own or have we really moved to um, just all that, to your point, righteous indignation? Are we just collections of people hating other people? Is that what it's come down to? 
as opposed to, you know, I'm going to pill something out of the air, Greenpeace, you know, mm-hmm. their, their goal is to go out there and make the environment better. That's, I know zero about the politics and the origins and, and whatever other type of stuff they're, how they're out there promoting what they do. But, but the intent at its heart is trying to make the environment safer. There's nothing negative about that. And yet why are so many of our, our collections and, um, you know, I brought up the social things like LGBTQ. Why is it always about we need to hate them more than they hate us? Right. That's human nature. Yeah. It's not, but it's not about progress, about making things better, about creating understanding. It's about, it's about pointing more. If you're going to point a finger at me, I'm going to point two fingers at you. Right, exactly, because it's easy to put things into ones and zeros, blacks and whites. Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, it all, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, started with who, whatever Cro-Magnon or prehistoric human decided that there should be magic sky wizards to worship. Because we start to take away people's critical thinking and have it replaced with group thinking, and that group thinking can very quickly and does quickly devolve into us versus them because we are scared and afraid and we're, we're alone as humans and having somebody else to point fingers at to say we are better than them makes you feel better about yourself. So that's interesting. And, and yeah, I'll say yes and no. I mean, the intent of organized religion was to find a communal, group to do good with but yes it, oh it's, come on but then but then, but then all you got such bullshit then all you have to say is the crusades <laughs> and and that and that conversation's <laughs> over so we have we have a shared um and an uncle-in-law who posts a lot of religious stuff on facebook but what they post is always around the theme of if you if you think you are um you are doing your service to god by telling other people how they're doing it wrong, that's not the point. <laughs> they, I don't know if you've seen the stuff that they post on a fairly regular basis, but they're very outspoken that that you should be religious for yourself and not tell other people what to do. Hey, a person can be a person can be insightful and intelligent and empathetic. People as a whole, mm-hmm. that's right out. As oh, yeah. soon as you put them in a group, it's going to devolve into groupthink. That's why I think you find so many people, if we go back to this whole concept of intellectualism, so many of the people in that camp do not belong to groups. I have to think about that one for a second. That's interesting. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Because they don't need it. They don't, they don't need that validation. They're comfortable in their ability to think critically and sit in discomfort of their own humanity. You don't need that place of fear. So that's really interesting. And, and the example of that that comes immediately to mind, because I'm listening to one of his audiobooks right now, is Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Um, written some outstanding books about the way we think. Um, Blink, The Tipping Point, David and Goliath. Um, used to be a columnist for The New Yorker, I believe. Um, there's a collection of his essays called What the Dogs Saw, um, which is fantastic. There's a great article in there about ketchup. <laughs> Believe it or not, that everyone should read. Everyone should read the article about ketchup. Uh, but I'm listening to one of his audiobooks right now now where he is he is recounting a series of 
interviews with the musician Paul Simon and about his effect on the culture. But but an example, and he's got a podcast called Revisionist History, which when you're caught up on it, it only hurts when I talk. You can listen to Revisionist History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, he got the idea from us, I would say. Um, Good. But but to your point, it's it's a this is an example of a critical thinker who just puts his own ideas out there because he's comfortable enough in his intellectualism to do so, and mm-hmm. is not worried about having a a community per se. As a result of yeah. doing that and being good at it, he's created his own following, which you could argue you could argue he's created exactly what he would rally against. Because anyone smart enough to have good ideas is likely to get followers, and and that's when things go bad. That's exactly when things go bad, because then you can, if if you have malicious intent at all, which I would argue that every human is born with malicious intent, because uh, it's part of survival. That if you if you are charismatic enough to to attract those people, you are and malicious enough to manipulate them then now you have a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, and I don't entirely agree with you on the religion thing. I, I get the organized religion piece of it, as you're saying. I, I think for some people who take it the way I think it should be taken, which is that it's an internal conversation and it's about knowing you're a good person. I think for some people that's very good. And mm-hmm. And there was a portion of this article talking about the fact that um, conservatives tend to be a little milder on this than liberals because conservatives tend to do things like go to church and mm-hmm. and those things can have a in the right environment those things can have a soothing and a less negative connotation to them but it all depends on the way it's being presented to you certainly and how you're taking yeah, I it just, I think that's a a balm or a salve for the the negativity that's generated out of that why are things that are supposed to be soothing, like balm or salve, so hard to spell and pronounce that they make you frustrated? Salve. salve. Is it a salve? A salve. Salve. Yeah. I, I, Liniment. I mean, I mean, if they wanted them to be soothing, they should make them easy to say because I'm just frustrated now from trying to use the words. You're just frustrated. I, I am just frustrated. I, I, I want to I throw one more thing out there. I saw a car sticker on, I think it might have been on somewhere on Amazon, you know, um, the source of everything that we use to live in today's society. Mm-hmm. And it said, I hope something nice happens to you today. And I saw that and was like, wow. Like if I came up behind a car and I saw that, it would actually make me think about the kind of person in that car. Because I, could, I think it's a rare kind of person. It made me want to buy a dozen of them and go stick them on random cars in the parking lot. <laughs> but what a... It, it, it really... And it comes back to the negativity in, in today's society that just seeing that phrase made me stop and think about how nice it would be if something nice happened to everyone today. I think it would change everything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like you agree. No, I do agree. So go do something nice for someone today. I try to do that every day. Based on the way you were talking to me before we started recording, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> Well, just because the medicine is bitter doesn't mean it isn't good for you. There's never enough Greg Bay Mel. <laughs> <laughs>